like to give a warm Coach's Edge welcome to our resident shooting coach, Coach Jaden Nichols out of BG, Bowling Green, Ohio. Coach, thanks for taking the time to do this podcast series on shooting the basketball with me. Always. I'm super glad to be here, and I love shooting the basketball, so I'm all about it. Don't we all? Don't we all? Um, but you got an eye for shooting the basketball. Um, anytime somebody reaches out to me in the Northwest Ohio area, I always refer them to you to get with. Um, and especially if it's a player who's looking at shooting the basketball at a higher clip uh, because you have an eye on it and it's something that you really dig into. And in this episode, we're digging into some of the common shooting errors that players have. So we're, we're digging into some of the mechanics and we'll dig into some of the in-season uh, practice application, some of the things you've noticed in game and practice. And so I'll let you uh, start this off however you like, and then we'll we'll ping pong it back and forth with some of the things that we can help coaches out with as far as getting their team and their players this offseason to shoot the basketball more, shoot it at a higher clip so that ultimately we're making more shots when the season comes around. Yeah, Coach Kramer and I were talking about just what we've seen this past basketball season and, and just a lot of the shots that at least my team was taking and, and the way we're, we're shooting. And then we're also discussing how we're players working on their game in summer. And so I think it's really important to notice common errors. Sometimes we, we don't keep an eye on what's actually happening. There's so many different mechanics. I always tell people when it comes to shooting diagnostics, there's, there's 25 things we could look at, but we need to focus on one or two and figure out what it is we can improve from there. So I, I, I'm hopeful that something like this can help you to identify one or two things and maybe your own game or one of your players' games for players that you coach that could help them improve their shooting. 100%. When I, when I talk about what are some of the main keys we need to be successful shooting the basketball, it's keeping the basketball straight. It's having great balance, which we can get into rhythm in that area as well. Efficient power. There's different ways we can generate power. Not all are efficient. Uh, generating proper arc and then understanding the right shots, shot selection. And uh, all five of those things can come into common shooting errors that players have. Uh, but, but I want to start with keeping the basketball straight. I think that really good shooters rarely ever miss right and left. And great shooters miss long more than anything else. That's better than short because if, if you miss it long, you're giving yourself a chance to get the basketball to go, to go in at least, right? Um, so let's start out with some of the things that you and I see for players that are missing right and left. And we're really going to talk about some of these problems that players have because we can't find a solution unless we know what the problem is first, right? And so that's one of the most important aspects for players and coaches to understand when they're working with their player and they're trying to figure out how do they shoot a better, how do they shoot a better? Well, what are they struggling with the most? So if you're a player that's missing right or left, we'll fire some, some out here. One of the things that I've noticed with players is when they finish on their shot. So if I'm a right-handed player and they finish on their shot, sometimes they'll turn their wrist on the follow-through. And you can see this easily because it almost looks like they're shaking hands with like a giant on their follow-through. And you'll see that pinky finger almost fling forward and that thumb come up on the shot. And you're twisting at the very point of releasing the basketball. You're, you're changing the direction of the ball, keeping it from going straight. That's going to cause the basketball to generally go one side or the other. You could also get some side spin on the shot. So we really want to think of, you know, how are we generally holding the basketball to start? 
and that's center of the hand to the center of the ball. And center of the hand is a little bit different for everybody. Everybody's hand size, God made us all a little bit differently, but that's pointer finger or middle finger or some type of split with those two fingers to the center of the basketball. So that's one. Another one that I've noticed is they're drifting at the top of their body. And we talk about balance a lot. Balance could be losing balance from the stance all the way up. But some kids I've noticed, they have balance from the feet all the way up through the hips. But as they're getting into their release, they'll have the tendency to push slightly from shoulder, elbow, all the way into their follow through. And that'll drift right or left. And generally what we see for kids that lack a little strength is they'll push across their body for more power. So if I'm a right-handed player, my follow-through is going to push a little bit more across my body and to the left to try to get a little more power. But that is, again, that's going to cause you to miss the basketball right or left. Generally, that'd be a right-hand player pushing the basketball a little bit more to the left. Uh, so, so that's two. Uh, Coach, go ahead and fire three or four at me. Yeah, so with that two, players that typically drift right or left with their shoulder often try to overcorrect with their off thumb. And so we see a lot of thumb flicking, especially at the lower levels of basketball. But that that it's one of those that you start doing that, then you have another issue on top of it. Another one that I saw a lot this year is players who lean off balance. So their feet, feet maybe not being correctly in line, or maybe one of their legs is stronger than the other, and they lean more towards one way. I specifically had a freshman this year who always would lean to the right every time he would shoot the basketball. And we tried working on it over and over again. And it, I think it's something that will have to be corrected in the weight room, just making sure that our right leg is, is aligned with our left leg. We have players leaning off balance. That's an easy way for you to miss left or right. It's hard to make a straight shot when you're going one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And that's a really common one. That is a common one. And, you know, what I try to tell, you know, players is it, we, we do some rhythm shooting, right? We kind of bounce up and down as we get into some of our form shooting at our camps and then we release the basketball and it's good practice for us to try to push evenly through both feet. And we're bouncing slightly, almost like we're jumping rope and we push in evenly through both feet onto the floor, do a few practice reps of that. And then we spring up and take our actual, actual game shot. And for players that are leaning off balance, it could be, to compensate for the fact that they didn't start themselves in a good position to shoot the basketball straight to begin with. Right. So we, we talk about our shot line and, and with our, with our shot line, we're really getting into a position where it's foot, hip, shoulder, elbow into the follow through. And we should be able to take that shot. And when we hold our follow through, we should be able to take that follow through and bring our follow through all the way down to the floor. And essentially our hand or our fingers would go right to the inside approximately of our lead foot. So I'm right-handed. And so as I would follow through, I'd be able to take that follow through and touch the floor just at the inside of the floor, right inside of my big, my big toe. I hope that makes sense on a, on a podcast, a little harder to explain um, and, and on YouTube as well uh, when we're not out on the court. So that is a, a great test for us to see if we're finishing in a straight line, which is going to help minimize, you know, those right and left misses. Now, when it comes to shooting the basketball straight, I think player stance, and we'll talk about this in another podcast episode a little bit more uh, as far as starting position, but I think a player's stance, I'm a slight turn shooter. I'm an 11 o'clock shooter. My right foot moves a little bit 
Um, and the majority of great shooters that I've worked with and studied are slight turn shooters. But do I make our players do that? No, I, I don't make our players do that. I still want them to create a shot line with that lead foot in front and still concentrate on that foot, hip, shoulder, elbow in that line to our follow through because we don't shoot it from the center of our body. Our right hand or our dominant hand is the one doing the shooting and that's not in the center. Uh, and so to be able to use that line from our foot all the way up into our shoulder, I, th I think help helps decrease the amount of things that could go wrong when it comes to missing right or left. Yeah, and I think with that too, the next one we'll talk about is our, our shooting elbow. If we want to keep a, a straight shot line, if you're watching on YouTube, you saw Coach Kramer demonstrating that, and you'd notice his elbow is in line too, just like mine is right here. So having our shooting elbow out wide is, is another reason that we miss left or right. And, and sometimes I've even seen people who bring it in a little too tight, and that can, that can cause a weird, a weird angle when we're shooting the basketball as well. So if we make sure that our shooting elbows not either too wide or too far in, but straight. I like to align it with my hip, just like Coach Kramer. I'm an 11 o'clock shooter too, and most of our players are going to fall somewhere in that range. We can have a straight release. And, and the last one for this section, at least when it comes to missing left or right, is if we have too much influence from our offhand. So a lot of players come in, and this is really common in elementary, shooting with two hands. That's really common. And it's something that does take some time to work out especially in, in uh, middle school. That's probably the best time to, to work out of having a two-hand shot. And so that can either be a thumb flick or that can be influenced from both, finger, both uh, index fingers, middle fingers, from both sides of our hands. And so it's really hard to have a consistent shot if we have a ton of different fingers that are having influence on the direction of the ball. Mm -hmm. And to, to teach that or verbalize that to our players at our camps, I tell them, shoot through the offhand or shoot through the guide hand, you know, some coaches call it offhand guide hand that we got to keep it straight, right? And that guide hand helps keep the basketball straight. You don't use the guide hand. We're shooting through the guide hand and uh, let the work that's done at the last split second be with the shooting hand that comes through uh, the guide hand when you finish up on a shot. And then the last thing you, I love that you mentioned the offhand, the guide hand. Another thing with that, that I've noticed players struggle to miss right or left is they'll take the guide hand off too early on the shot. And so they, everything might look good. They're coming up into the shot, but as the ball gets to say their forehead, their nose area, they'll leave the guide hand down there and then they'll shoot it with their dominant hand. Well, that's like a foot and a half for most kids, maybe longer for some of our taller players that they've essentially shot at one handed and we need some more ball control. Right. And so uh, what I encourage our players to do to have, some balance with that guide hand and keep it on longer is keep your guide hand on the ball until your elbow starts to follow through your wrist starts to snap through. And so that guide hand finishes more or less at the top of your forearm or your shooting wrist. And uh, that's another little tip to help keep the basketball, keep the basketball straight. Um, anything else you wanted to add on that coach? You ready to move it on? Yeah, I just want to add one thing to that. You say this a lot in camps, and I think it, it makes sense a lot to me, and I use it with our players, is, is you say push through your guide hand, shoot through your offhand. So, so still keeping it in a line, but making sure we're pushing through it because it's, it's hard to push with it if we're pushing through it. So that language always helps me. 
Yeah, it helps me at least. So I'm hoping it helps our helps our players as well. I think I think it does. We have some pretty good pretty good results with it. Um, let's talk a little bit about players that struggle missing the basketball short. This is for the players that we work with. They have pretty solid mechanics already. They've already taken out a lot of their right left misses. And so this is the area that many of our players need to improve upon. So when you think of players that are struggling, missing short, what are some of those errors that you see and how can we fix them? Yeah, the two biggest ones that I noticed this year, um, not having enough power with our legs. So it's really qu quick to get dead legs in a season if we don't have our conditioning up, if we haven't hit the weight room enough. So not using our legs. And, and a lot of that comes from our, our hips, actually. We, a lot of coaches yell to bend your knees, but really what it is is this hip load. And if we don't train our hips, if our hips aren't in line, we're going to miss short often. And the second one that I noticed too is, is our elbow being too low on our follow through. So we always teach elbow above the eye or eyebrow. So if, if our elbow is above our eyebrow, we can put proper arc on our shot. And, and a lot of guys, they're shooting darts out here. They're just shooting these straight line shots with no arc. You're way more likely to, to miss short and to even airball a shot when you're shooting a dart like that. It's very uncommon unless you have a very high jump on your shot and are of an NBA height that you can have any sort of success with a shot like that. But those are two of the most common I see at the high school level right now. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, there's, there's some players that have kind of a higher point of, of release. You know, think of uh, a Kobe, a Kawhi Leonard, someone's like they're throwing bullets at the, at the rim, but that's not the shot that we're generally teaching uh, kids that are only going to be six feet tall or a girl who's going to be, you know, five, seven, five, eight, uh, to shoot the basketball. The game doesn't quite work uh, the same for those players. And I'm glad you mentioned the hips because, um, you know, one of my least favorite comments sitting in the stands watching basketball from the parents is, hey, use your legs, use your legs, use your legs, and follow your shot is another one that I hate. Um, and, but, but most of the time, that's, that's not the case when it comes to kids missing short, you know, you talked about the hips and, and really there's three levers in our lower body that we use for power, hips, knees, and ankles. And a lot of times when players are missing short, it's because we're not timing hips, knees, and ankles to the release of the basketball to generate the most power. And you see kids, they're plenty strong enough to get the basketball up and, and make shots from three and even, even beyond three. But what's holding them back is not their actual physical strength. It's the fact that they're not timing the motion and the release of the basketball with the point where your hips, knees, and ankles unload so we can get more maximal intent, more maximal power on that shot. Now, that takes practice. That takes timing. That takes reteaching and reconfiguring certain player shots. Uh, you see certain players who will uh, bring, bring the basketball up first, and then they'll almost have to stop the ball and then they unload hips, knees, ankles, and then they push through the shot. And because they're not timing things correctly, they're actually losing a lot of power on the shot. And some players make up for this because they're so strong. I think of Giannis, and his shot has come a long way over the years, and it's improved a lot. But one thing that you'll notice a lot of times is he'll bring the basketball up, especially it's easy to see on his free throws. He'll bring the basketball up, right? And then you'll see the timing of hips, knees, and ankles. They're not configured together. And because when you shoot the basketball, the ball needs to move first because the ball has farther to travel than your hips, knees, and ankles do. So if I have the basketball around my chest or my waist, this basketball is going to come up around my head area, and then it's going to come all the way out into my follow through. 
it's traveling multiple feet. My hips, knees, and ankles are only traveling a few inches, right? And so I need to move the basketball first. And then as the basketball starts to come up, that's when I begin to unload hips, knees, and ankles. If you're a player that moves ball and body at the exact same time, your hips, knees, and ankles are already going to be unloaded, but you're not at the point where you're getting out into the motion of the shot. That causes either a pause, it causes uh, you've lost some power in there, some energy leaks. And so that's something that players can really think about. And that's why when we get into our form shooting with all of our players, we go follow through and then we go ball motion and then we go body motion because we want our players to understand ball motion happens before body motion in the process of building a player's shot up. And then another one that players can improve, especially when they're trying to shoot the basketball from farther away is speed the basketball up. I know players generally have a, a, a speed that they're moving the basketball that is comfortable for them, but just like throwing a football, baseball, softball, anything else, the faster I move that ball, the farther it's going to travel. And it's the same thing with the shot. As we start to get farther away, we need to understand, right, that basketball needs to have some momentum. And so no matter how strong I am, if I'm moving that basketball slow all the way through, we're not generating power into the basketball to get it to shoot from three or beyond it. And so simply moving the speed of the basketball a little bit faster is going to help us as well. You mentioned generating arc on the shot. Strong follow through. Uh, I, I like that. Uh, I also think that players that struggle shooting the basketball short at times, they're landing in like the exact same spot when they take a shot. And we're not telling our players, hey, jump forward when you shoot when you shoot it. But I don't know if this is some shooting instruction that they've had or what, but it seems like players will take a shot and they're so intent on landing in the exact same spot that they're holding back some of the power that it takes to go to the hoop. If you watch any shooter who's shooting relatively from around the three-point line and they're somewhat close to toe in the three-point line, they always land on the three-point line. Some even land in front of it, right? It's not that they're trying to, to jump forward on their shot. It's because the basketball is going forward. Their momentum, their energy is taking them slightly forward on the shot. And is that causing the shot to be slightly right or slightly left? No, it's not. Now, because we generally don't need that much power for closer shots, generally the closer you go, the less you'll see players slightly land in front of where they take the shot. So like if, if you saw me shoot a 15 footer, I'm for the most part, I'm going to land in the exact same spot. You saw me shoot a three pointer. So now I'm back four or five feet. You're going to see me land slightly in front. If you see me shoot a 25 footer, I'm going to land a little bit. This is, I need power. Right. And if I was strong enough to shoot that basketball and not have to move forward, then I would. But my, I need to generate power somehow. And that's a way uh, that we can do it. And we talked a little bit about the, the release point of the ball being a little too late. And that comes back into the timing of the shot. Ball moves first. And then we unload hips, knees, ankles as we get our hand underneath the basketball and get into our follow through. And that's going to help us generate some more power and, and momentum on the shot, which is going to give us a, a better chance to get it up and over the rim. We'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, serving mid-Michigan in the thumb with their big three automotive needs. 
They have a wide range of products from Chevy, Buick, Ford, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. And they also have a large selection of pre-owned vehicles with one of the largest selections of trucks in the state. They are sure to fit your needs. Standish and Gladwin are truck country. Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, they are all about service. And I can tell you firsthand from purchasing a couple different vehicles from Richardson Automotive, they are all about service. Stop in and see them today. They will get you right. Yeah, and I think about think about this. Every half-court shot you've ever seen taken in a game, where are those players' feet landing before the shot and after? It, it's just, it makes sense. that the, the farther we stretch our shot out, the more power we have to generate. It's just like every other sport. If you watch a pitcher throw a pitch, his feet are going forward. If you throw a you show a hockey player taking a shot. Which way is his body moving? If we're generating power. We're going somewhere. So the next thing we're going to get into is, is missing long. So we've talked about missing short. Now missing long, there's, there's less here. And like Coach Kramer mentioned, we prefer you to miss long than miss short. We can do something with long. The ball can accidentally go in. We can get an offensive rebound a lot easier. And really, it's really simple with these. They're, you're either using too much legs or you're using too much arms on that follow through or both. Sometimes we have guys that are really strong that do both. And so missing long on a shot, it's actually not the worst thing. It's okay if you're missing long. But if you have a combination of missing long and you're missing right or left, then I'd probably look at which things we're doing that are making our shot offline. And we can live with missing long. Eventually those are going to go in. You might just need to adjust your, your arc level just a little bit. Maybe that'll help it out. I think Steph Curry shoots at like a 45-degree angle. If you're missing long, you can shoot a little bit higher on your arc and it's probably going to have a little more success, but you're still going to hit that back room every once in a while. And that's totally okay. So coach, we've talked about missing short, missing long, missing right and left. What about guys who just have seem to have no touch or they have bad rotation on their ball? What do we see there? Yeah. So one thing to get back to, to the long, as you mentioned, there's not a whole lot to, to touch on. Um, you know, kids could be doing some of the things that we talked about for missing short. They could be doing the extreme of that on the other end, which is causing a little too much power, which kind of gets into our next question of yeah, maybe it's just a little more touch, right? A, a little more repetition as far as figuring out how much power you need to generate on the shot. But if you're missing straight long, that is a great problem to have. We're, we're doing our workouts with players and they're, and they're missing straight long. I'm saying, hey, man, this is this is great. Like this is almost as good as, you know, if, if you made the shot, we want to encourage them to miss straight long. If you went into a game, and you shot two for seven, all right? You shot two for seven, and you leave that game, you're not feeling that well, right? Two for seven, not a great shooting percentage. You missed five shots, but you think back to those five shots that you missed. And if three of those shots were long, two were short, and you didn't miss any right or left, I'm saying, man, I was right on the money that entire game. I might've gone seven for seven in that game. That's a way that we can rethink about shooting the basketball where it's not just this result, did it go in or not, but how were we taking those shots? Was it consistently straight? Was the majority of our misses straight long? If that's the case, don't beat yourself up about it because you're on the right track when it comes to shooting the basketball. So we talked about touch a little bit. Uh, one thing that we have in our, our shooting document with our players that, that I've seen, especially doing some shooting clinics recently is players won't snap their wrist all the way through. It's almost like they're trying to throw a dart. They're trying to be so perfect that they're afraid to really like let loose, let that thing go. And so when they finish, and if you watch me on YouTube, you'll be able to see players will, will take their shot 
And what, it's what I call a half break. They're not breaking their wrist all the way through. They're almost pointing. So their wrist is flat on top and that's their follow through. Instead of really putting some touch on the ball, getting good backspin and snapping that wrist all the way through, they're not doing that. Um, almost like they're afraid to miss it. So that's how they end up uh, missing the shot. That's a big one when it comes to it. Um, I used to talk about, hey, you're shooting a little too much on your palm. You need a little space there. I don't really talk about that a whole lot unless I watch a player take a shot and I start to see the ball is almost like falling out of their palm before they get out into the shot. And that's when I'll talk to them about really concentrating on getting their hand underneath the basketball first. And so that's one thing that we've probably changed in the past couple of years is we don't talk a whole lot about, you know, is there space underneath, you know, between the basketball and the palm it is so much, is your hand underneath the basketball before you get into your follow through? Because it's, if it's not, we're not generating enough arc. It becomes more of a push. We're not getting the general touch on the shot that we need. So th those are just a few that come to my mind when it comes to players that are struggling with their touch. And I like the distinction you made there. You said getting our hand under the ball and not just behind the ball. Because if we're just getting our hand behind the ball, that's a push shot. If we're getting our, our hand under the ball, that's where we can actually get some good arc under the ball. So, yeah, I, I see a lot of players who struggle with touch. And sometimes it's just not knowing what the center of your hand is. We talked about it earlier. Do you follow through with your index finger, your middle finger, or is it a split? Sometimes players just don't know how their hand wants to shoot the basketball and just paying some mind to that. And there's one, one thing I want to add to this that we haven't talked a lot about, um, but it's, it's this difference between having a right eye shooter and a left eye shooter. I think this can, this is something that plays a part in all these. So I have some players who are right-handed who are left eyed. And so what that means is the way that they would focus or the way they would shoot a gun is they're going to aim with their left eye. And so what a lot of those players do is they'll tend to bring either their head to a turn so they can, so they can see the ball a little bit better, or they'll bring the ball over to the side of their face. And so if you want a good example, go watch Devin Booker shoot some free throws. He is a right-handed shooter that's a left-eyed dominant player, but you barely notice it. You really have to pay attention to the way he shoots the basketball. He does a slight head turn, and he brings the ball ever so slightly to the middle of his face. It's really slight. And so I think this could be a handicap for players. If they never even think about it, they can shoot really far right or really far left, or they can miss shots short and long just because they're not aiming properly or they're not aligning their elbow with their eye. So I'm not sure if you have, have more to say about that, Coach, but that's something I've noticed a lot this last year. I'm glad you bring it up because that's something we talk about uh, at our camps, predominantly with some of our older, our older camps that we'll do and, and really talk about you know, how your eye is, is dominant. Most people are generally, you know, if you're right eye dominant, you're right hand. And so it, it, it's pretty seamless, but occasionally you'll get players who are opposite of whatever their dominant hand is. And we really want to make sure with those players that they're not having to shoot across their body because they're bringing the basketball all the way, you know, from right-handed, but I'm bringing it all the way over to my left eye. That can be pretty difficult to keep the basketball straight. Look what, what that does to where the basketball is in relation to my hand. It's very difficult for me to get my hand underneath the basketball. Um, we talked about the shot line on the finish, very difficult to get back into our shot line and all those different things. So using the Devin Booker example is, is a great example. I haven't noticed that with, with him. It's he's, his jump shot is so pure. I'm going to have to go back and take a look at that as well. So uh, what are some things that you've noticed 
during the season. I mean, you've been coaching high school basketball this past year. You've coached at the junior high level for a handful of years. What are some things that can players can learn from how they practice to how they perform in the game, as well as some of the takeaways that you've had this season? Yeah. Uh, the number one that we saw this year and no shade to my guys, but bad shot selection is huge at the high school level. A lot of guys just don't have a ton of knowledge on, on what is a good and a bad shot. And the way I've coached these guys up, we play a, a type of running gun spread out motion. We want the best shot that we can get on every possession as most teams do. Um, and what we focus on is we look to attack like Villanova off the catch. So you're never more open than when you first get a catch and have the basketball. But our rules are this. If you get a good pass, you have your hands, get a good catch, and your feet are in line and you're in rhythm, that's a good shot. We'll take that. But a lot of players, they catch a bad pass or they get a bad catch. Their feet are off or they're not in rhythm. That's a, that's a bad shot. That's a shot that's going to lower your percentage in the game. And we see that on film. Like we, It's really easy to point out. Hey, I could tell you weren't in rhythm there. Your feet did this weird thing before you actually set up to take the shot. Um, we preach in practice, hands ready, feet ready, eyes locked and hip in line. If those four things aren't happening, you're going to miss most of the time. Um, we had a, a couple of players on our team this, this year that really liked to look at their feet on the catch before they would take their shot. And so if we're not locked on target, if we're looking at everything else, it's really hard for our brain to process where the ball is going to go. Muscle memory is our friend. And so if our eyes know where that ball's got to go, the muscles in our body are going to tell it how to get there, especially if we get a good catch off of a good pass and our feet are exactly where they need to be. That's uh, great stuff, Coach. And, you know, we talked about shot selection all the time. You know, I was talking to a coach last week and he was saying, you know, we'd like to have you come in for a shooting camp this summer. We really struggled shooting the basketball this year. And I was asking some questions about, you know, why a shooting camp? You know, you struggle this year. Why not an additional type of camp, an overall skills camp, an attack camp, and giving them some options of the things that we provide as far as basketball camps. And saying, well, we just didn't shoot it well. We think, you know, we shoot it better. And I was like, I agree. But one thing that I would emphasize with your players, but if they're really struggling shooting the basketball is your shot selection. And I would argue that we could come in and hammer home shot selection instead of even teaching shooting. And if you guys went by some of the rules that we break down with shot selection next year, you're automatically going to shoot it better. Even if we didn't even teach any of the mechanics and show you any of the drills regarding shooting the basketball, the shot selection is so, so key. So we talk about being in rhythm, room and range. Got to have rhythm when you shoot it. You have to be open, right? There has to be some type of space. And then it's within your shooting range, meaning it's, it's a shot that you regularly make in practice. And if we can have those three hours covered and that's going to be different for each player, that's a good, that's a good shot for us. The other thing when it comes to players missing shots is it's a great tool for me to see who either has a low basketball IQ or who's selfish by the type of shots that they take. If you take a lot of tough shots, you either don't know any better or you're a selfish player because you want to get your shots up instead of doing what's best for the team. And that's a conversation that can be a hard conversation at times. But listen, no player wants to admit they have a low basketball IQ and no basketball player wants to admit that they're selfish. But if we're consistently taking difficult shots, it's going to be one or the other, assuming that as a coach, we've broken down the types of shots 
that we want within our team. And that, and that could look like we're shooting when it's not in our range. We're shooting when there's too much defensive pressure. You know, we, we bobbled the ball and then we shot it anyway. Well, we lost some of our, some of our rhythm. So uh, those are a handful of things that I want us to think about when it comes to common ways that players miss shots. We're going to dig into in future episodes a little bit of the, the mental side, some of the shot preparation piece, some of the things that we can work on in game and practice. But I'm going to leave that last bit to you, Coach, just kind of a little bit of a teaser. What are some of the things that you know you can do with your guys in practice that will help them translate to better shooting in the game? So we used to joke about this a lot in high school, but it actually makes a lot of sense. Our high school coach used to, used to yell at us all the time, game shots, game speed. If you're doing drills at a slower speed and if you're not taking game shots, we're not going to get better. But if we're, if we're taking intentional shots, like you mentioned, taking shots that you're going to take in a game, taking shots that make sense in your offense, that's a way that we can take better shots and that we can make more shots in games. But if, if there was anything I had to say, do the diagnostics on, on your players and on yourself. What is one thing I can fix over a summer, if not two, and that's what I can look to improve, and I'm going to shoot the ball, ball better. I did that as a player when I was growing up. I had to get rid of a thumb flick. I had to get my elbow in. I didn't do it all in one summer. I did it over, over a couple of years, and I eventually became a pretty decent shooter in high school. I'm glad you mentioned that. It takes, it takes a process, and if you can get rid of those right-left misses first, and then start to work your way down. Okay, get the right left misses out of the way. Let's get some of the short misses out of the way. Then if we're missing a ton of shots straight long, we, we can talk about that. That's the general progression as far as common misses and how I would attack it. But sometimes it's best for a coach to take some video to watch, see how a player takes shots, not just in practice, but in games, figure out some of those weaknesses. And then from there, we can attack it. So coaches, thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode to watch on YouTube. Appreciate you. Hit that like button. If you can, we're going to um, keep putting more things out on our YouTube channel as well, because people like, apparently people like listening to podcasts on YouTube as well. So, Hey, why not give the people, give the people what they want. So coach Nichols, a lot coming from you over this coming month regarding shooting the basketball. Uh, you're our guy and we're excited to get after it over this, this coming month. Thanks for uh, taking the time to be on the show. Always. Thank you for listening to Coach's Edge. As always, get after today.